Welcome to Rise from the Ashes. Our podcast looks at various issues for families. We'll be talking with attorneys about personal and legal concerns having to do with divorce, custody, and parenting time. There are also a few topics about letting go, moving on, and new beginnings. Please keep in mind this podcast is only to inform and help to understand legal and personal issues as they relate to family law. It should not be considered as a replacement for a qualified family law attorney. When in doubt, please contact a professional. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters. Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Rise from the Ashes. I'm David Braddock, and we're talking today again with Amy Rotering, who is an associate attorney here at Mundall Law. How are you doing, Amy? I'm doing great, David. Thank you. And we're talking today, Amy, about the first five things that a person should do or a family should do when a loved one has passed away. Are we talking about probate? Yes, I call it the probate check. And the reason I wanted to talk about this topic today is because a lot of times people will call our office when someone has passed. Of course, their life and their family's life has been uprooted by the death of this loved one. Things are tumultuous, and they have no idea what to do. They know they have a lot to do, but they don't know what direction to go in. So I thought that this would be a helpful way for people to know and give them some direction as far as what they need to do. Well, five things to do. What's the first one, Amy? The first thing that a person should do is that they should try to track down the will or the trust of the loved one who passed. And I would even say they should try to find the health care directive if they haven't yet. The health care directive does expire upon a person's death. However, typically a number of health care directives do contain instructions of the loved one of what they want done after they die. For instance, cremation or if they want to donate organs and things like that. So that would be a good place to start. And of course, you'll want to find the will because that will contain the loved one's instructions as to what they want done with their assets and if they have children, who they want to take care of their children. Okay, what's the next step? The second thing you should do is order death certificates. Why are death certificates going to be important? The biggest concern that most people have, other than the loss itself, is how am I going to take care of my family? And that leads to money. How much money is available? How much money did the person have? And where's the money going? And I don't mean that in a heartless, cruel manner. Um, People have responsibilities, especially loved ones who have children, who's going to take care of the kids and what money is available for them to take care of those children. A death certificate is necessary when the loved one's family member goes to the bank, insurance company, retirement accounts. All of those companies are going to require a certified copy of a death certificate before they will even talk to you or do anything for you. Besides the will and other things related to the court, aren't there things called PODs or payment on death at various banks? A death certificate is what's required at each one of those places. Is that kind of what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. Even if an asset that the loved one owned had a beneficiary attached to it, a death certificate is required before the bank or the insurance company will release those funds to the beneficiary. And the third of these important items that we'll need to gather for our loved one's passing 
David, the third thing that people should do is they should contact the Social Security Administration or the local Social Security office. And they should also contact any other government agency if the loved one was receiving government benefits. They need to notify those agencies that the person has passed away and to stop those benefits. If they're receiving Social Security, they need to notify the Social Security office because eventually the agency will find out that the person is deceased and the deceased person is not entitled to benefits. Their benefits end on date of death. Any benefits that were paid after the date of death will be due and owing back to the agency. They will make you give that money back. While it's tempting to allow that money to continue to come in and pay bills with it, legally speaking, the loved one isn't entitled to those benefits once they've passed away, and it's a very tedious process to repay the government. So it's just you're better off just telling them right up front. What about if there is a spouse that is still surviving the passed away loved one that is entitled to those funds? Well, that is another great reason to contact the Social Security office, David. It's not only to inform them of the death, but to find out what benefits are available to survivors. So a surviving spouse and especially surviving children, they will likely be entitled to benefits depending on their situation. So it's important to find out that information as soon as possible as well so that the family can continue to survive, especially if the person who died was the primary breadwinner, if you will. So what's next? What's number four of these initial things that need to be done? The fourth item, David, is to secure assets. Okay. And what I'm talking about is their bank accounts and their personal assets. The person who died may have had a power of attorney in place and have designated an agent to handle their financial affairs for them. Well, the power of attorney expires upon the person's death. Okay. It's no longer valid. As I've discussed in other podcasts, you have someone trustworthy designated as the agent. But sometimes when people die, things change. And maybe the person who was on the power of attorney may be someone you don't completely trust. And the bank doesn't know that the person has died. And so if the person who's on the power of attorney comes into the bank and the bank doesn't know that the loved one has died, they'll be able to take money out. Oh. Uh, so a way to secure that bank account is to provide a certified copy of the death certificate to the bank, even if there is no beneficiary designated yet. And then the bank will know that they can no longer honor the power of attorney. So that's where that death certificate comes in again as the important item. Yes, that's really important. In fact, I recommend that people order several copies of death certificates for this very purpose. Um, You'll use more than you think. Oh, sure. Now, as far as the personal assets, what I'm thinking of mostly is the house. So if the loved one that died lived alone or if someone lived with them besides their spouse or their children, it's really important to secure that home and not allow people to start taking assets out of the house. If there's a will, there will be beneficiaries to the will that will be named, and they need to be taken into consideration, don't they, Amy? Absolutely, they do. It is really paramount that the loved one's wishes are honored through that will. And if there was no will, it's just as important, if not more important, because then a court is going to have to decide where those assets are going to go. So it's important to include them all. Another way to secure the house is you also have to contact the utility companies and let them know that the person has passed away, just to make sure that they understand why bills might not be getting paid right away. And so that they can be assured that when the executor or personal representative will make sure that those bills are taken care of as soon as they're able to do so. That's correct, David. Absolutely. 
And that's why that's such an important step. And finally, what about step number five, Amy? This is probably the most important step of all, Okay. to be honest with you. Take care of yourself by getting help. If you're listening to this and you're the person that is going to be the designated agent to take care of the estate and you're stressed out, don't do this alone. There are people out there who can help you. I would start by contacting the loved one's employer if they were still employed at the time of their death. The employer should be able to help you. They will be able to assemble a list for you of every benefit that the loved one had. And so then you'll know where to go from there. Also, you can talk to financial advisors. You can talk to CPAs or accountants because likely you'll have to do the decedent's estate plan. And it's really important to contact an experienced estate attorney who can help you deal with the legal issues that are going to arise. I want to reemphasize that this podcast talks about the first five steps, not all of the steps. And we've walked you through this and we haven't even gotten to court yet. It's important to have an estate planning attorney, not only to talk with, but to have someone to walk you through this whole process. It's good and highly recommended to have an experienced probate attorney, not only those first four steps of reaching out and contacting people, but then taking that will to the court and having a judge probate it. It's a very complicated process. An attorney will answer all of your questions. And at Mundal Law, we have tools that helps our clients know exactly what they need to do next. And we're there with them every step of the way. And it takes away that confusion. And it helps the person to focus on what they need to focus on, which is their family. Having that probate attorney by your side, it can be invaluable. Not only will the attorney walk you through those steps, but they are by your side throughout the entire process. They are there to answer your questions and guide you every step of the way. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Thank you, David. It's always a pleasure. You are listening to Rise from the Ashes, the podcast channel that takes a careful look at all things having to do with legal procedure within the family law process. Rise from the Ashes is sponsored by Mundal Law, who specializes in assisting families and individuals through the legal process with respect, dignity, and caring. Mundal Law is dedicated to helping people to solve their legal problems. You can visit the Mundall Law website at mundalllaw.com or call to schedule a consultation with one of their qualified family law attorneys. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters.